Welcome to the Rise Up Fitness Podcast, broadcast from sunny Santa Barbara, California. We're here to go back to the facts, educate you in health and fitness, and help you rise up to your full potential. I'm Kyle Visson, one of the owners of Rise Up Fitness. I'm Addie Clark, one of the other owners of Rise Up Fitness. And I should just mention before we get going, there is a third partner at Rise Up Fitness. If you're not a member of the program, Emily Foley is an awesome addition to our team. Uh, she is, you know, not currently involved. This is kind of a project that Addie and myself wanted to take up. Because we're headline. the ones who like to talk the most. Exactly. Um, but we'll definitely get Emily in here at some point. She has a, has a wealth of knowledge and um, really good person to talk to. So at some point, we'll drag her in here so you guys can benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So today's episode, last episode, we talked a little bit about nutrition. So if you missed that one, make sure to check it out. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the keys to a good fitness program. Yes. And in particular, we're talking about um, the foundation necessary in a group, um, blah, 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 a good group fitness program. Correct. That's focus today. Yep. So the first question um, that we like to look at when we talk about group fitness is, the first example, why? Why am I joining a group fitness program? You know, there could be a lot of answers for that. So when we have people come into the gym, we typically can categorize them for the very for the vast majority into three categories. Um, the first would be kind of the non-exerciser. So someone's like, hey, you know what? I just don't work out regularly. I know it's something I need to do. I need to improve my health. You know, I need to lose stress or I need to get rid of stress. I need to lose weight. I want to build some self-confidence, et cetera. So that's the kind of the first person we see. The second one would be the inconsistent exerciser, which is definitely what I was when I started working out in group fitness. And probably the majority of people. That yeah, I would in. say the majority because yeah. it's someone who knows um, the benefits of exercise. You're aware. You know it's good for you. You probably feel really good when you do it. Um, and you may have been consistent in the past, uh, but probably have trouble staying motivated and doing it right now. Yeah. You probably might also have a habit of reading health magazines and yep. then you realize you should be doing it more and then you bought too many pairs of yoga pants and you have to start using them yep and the third person we see uh coming regular is the regular exerciser this is someone who doesn't feel good if they're not exercising most of them um do you know at least five days a week of exercise they might be in a variety of different areas and usually that's the kind of person that's just looking for something new whether it be a new challenge a new fitness program a new community something like that but that's kind of the third group that we see come in yeah, a new way to like improve their fitness. They're looking to go to the next level, even if there's someone who does it all the time. Yeah. So, um, you know, what is the next step? Okay, so once that you are there and you're like, okay, I'm coming in, I'm joining a fitness program, what's the next step? The number one thing I say is that you need to start something new, okay? This may sound a little silly, but it's straightforward and very, very simple, Okay, so start a new program. So for the non-exerciser or inconsist inconsistent exerciser, this comes along the lines of line yourself up with people, friends, a community that's supportive and can offer sound advice and help you create those new habits. You've never watched High School Musical, have you? I have not. Okay, there's a song called The Start of Something New that's stuck in my head now. Uh, anyway, no, so my point about this um, is for, so I was with the inconsistent exerciser, right? So um, the people I aligned myself with were lawyers who decided that uh, every day at lunchtime they would attend a group fitness class. This and is before we stole Addie and got her adapted. She was working for yes, a law so firm. This was, this was before that I started working in fitness at all. Um, and I started working there and my boss came over to me and said, okay, you know, we're going to this group fitness class and um, here's what, this is what we do at lunch. So just so you know, I'm like, okay, great. Have fun. And she goes, no, no, this is what we do at lunch. 
And um, that's how I got into it. And luckily, doing it every day at lunch ended up being the trick to getting myself motivated to do it week after week after week. And that goes along the lines of lining yourself up. You know, friends, a community that's kind of doing it together. So if you're a non-exerciser, an inconsistent exerciser, let's be honest. What you've been doing in the past is not working. You need to start something new. Okay. For the regular exerciser, this is a new stimulus. Okay. You know, Albert Einstein, the definition of insanity, do the same thing over and over and over again, and you expect different results. So that's the definition of insanity, right? Thank so, you for that. Lesson. Yes, that's lesson. So appreciate it. <laughs> so, but that's what we see in a lot of people. Okay, they want results, they want to get better, they want to get more fit, but they're not willing to change the stimulus they're doing. For someone who exercises regularly but is looking to take that next jump, they need to really start something new. So, no matter who you are, if you're looking to make gains. Start something new. Make gains. Make gains. All right. So after that, you need to look at what are your goals and what is your purpose? Right. So um, you might have a client that comes in and says, hey, Kyle, you know what? I want to race an Ironman next year. Or, hey, Kyle, um, I'm hiking Mount Whitney at the end of the summer and in three months, and I want to get in the best shape I can for that. Or, you know, we have people that come in the door that say, Kyle, I literally haven't worked out in 15 years and done anything, but I need to get back in it. So it's important to understand um, that these people may exercise or prepare very differently from what they're doing. A non-exerciser, it's literally, let's get you consistent, get you moving. You know, someone who's hiking Mount Whitney in three months, that's plenty of time to get them in good shape, but that's a very different strategy from someone who's doing an Ironman. But it's important to have a goal and a purpose. If you don't have a goal and a purpose when you walk in the door, chances of you sticking with it and turning into a lifestyle are very, very slim. It's amazing they all start their sentence with, Kyle, I really want to do this. (laughs) Kyle. But it is. It's important to have an open conversation with the person who's going to help you achieve your goal, right? So having an open conversation with the trainer, with the instructor in the class, with the person who's going to help you set out a plan to reach whatever that goal is. And it doesn't have to be this huge, you know, you don't have to want to race an Ironman. That's completely fine. Your goal can be, I want to work out four to five days a week, stay healthy, and you know, improve my cardiovascular health. Right. It can be simple as that. So let's talk about those goals. Cause I think that a lot of people align with very, very similar goals. So these are the ones that, you know, we kind of hear the most regularly and kind of start with, um, can I stay, you know, healthy, potentially not deal with medical problems as you age. That's a really good goal, right? That's one of them. Um, another one might be live a higher quality life where I feel good and I can remain active. Okay. Just let's feel good every day. Let's live that lifestyle. Yeah. Wake up feeling Energize because yeah. that's one of the things that we hear all the time is I wake up and I just don't even feel like getting out of bed. And, totally. you know, object in motion stays in motion. Oh, there's another one. I got control for Einstein. You're in trouble for Newton right there. There we go. Covering all the physicists today. You got it. Another one we hear a lot is, hey, I want to hang out. I want to keep up. I want to play, whether that be with my peers, you know, out on the dirt trails or the roads, biking, or my kids or even grandkids is one we hear very, very consistently. I want to spend people. quality time with them. And, and I so love that goal too, who, who we've heard who've worked with us and who come in and they're kicking butt in the gym every day. And they go, yeah, I have to chase my grandkids around because my, my kids aren't active enough. They're not healthy enough to chase their own kids around. Right. And that's crazy. When you see someone who like has not accepted this idea that as they age, they're going to slow down. They're like, no, no, I had to speed up. Right. You know, I love that. Um, and that's going to improve your quality of life. Um, another one we hear a lot is, Hey, I want to improve my appearance. And let's be honest. Um, you know, as much as we say appearance doesn't matter, we care about what we look like, and that helps us build self-confidence. So you may want to lose a little weight. You may want to tone your body, and you may want to feel better about yourself. And that's not a—that's definitely a benefit of exercise. So we have—we hear that from people. 
And one of a, a really big one that we hear all the time and that I personally identify with a lot is um, stress or anxiety relief. So there are a ton of physical and mental benefits to working out, many of which have been extremely well studied. Um, so the endorphins that you release when you exercise, all this good stuff that can help give you this kind of release in your life from stress, from all sorts of things in a really, really healthy way. Yep. And it really helps people, you know, helps you fall asleep at night. It helps you check this thing off your to-do list so you know you're taking care of yourself before you take care of everything else. It's just really, um, it's really wonderful that it can do that for people that yep. way. And I think um, the last thing, you know, is, is to, it goes within that stress relief is just to build confidence mentally and physically. And let's be vertically honest, when you are exercising and you are fit, you have more self-confidence and that transfers into all areas of your life. So I think those are the main purposes that we see people kind of coming in, hitting those goals. So if you fall in the majority of people, group fitness is probably the best bet for you. So yeah. why? Yeah. Well, we, we hit on those two things first. So, you know, we tell you what's the next step, start something new, find a purpose. So Every you've got time that. you think of that, I just have the high school musical song <laughs> playing in my head. I wish I knew that high school musical. I'll sing it sometime. Okay. So you've got, you've got, you've started something new and you've got a purpose. Okay. So Addie's just proposed to me, why group fitness? What are the benefits of it? Um, well, I'm going to say, we're going to run through some ideas. The number one thing is you've got a professional. Okay. You've got a coach guiding you through the workout. The main things with that are they're going to keep you motivated. They're going to teach you proper techniques so that you don't get injured. And they're going to know how to push you or how not to push you because they know the people that are involved and they're going to know how to get the most out of you in that workout with keeping you safe and healthy. And that's one of the most important things about getting to know the people who are training you is being able again to have that open line of communication as you continue. It's not just an initial conversation. What do you want to do? It's every day saying, Hey Addie, you know, when you called out my number to the person next to me, that actually didn't make me feel very motivated. That made me feel sort of intimidated. So I know. So we have this open line to say, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come up and we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to see where are you at today? It's extremely we'll important that you out. develop that relationship with your coach. Yep. Versus someone who's like, call me out every five seconds. That's what I need. It pushes me. I love it. You know, right. and having that is just, it's so important to be able to know your clients that way. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the next thing that we like to see is that what's a group, a, excuse me, a group fitness program. I did that earlier. It's got structure and purpose. Okay. So, you know, if we go into the gym by ourselves, you know, we may mean the best, we may kind of know what to do, but there's not always that consistent structure and a purpose. Every single class, there's a focus and there's something that our goal is to have you get something out of that specific class. And that structure set up for you, right? You come in the door and it's already set to go. You don't have to think about what to do in the gym because what I will do if I go to the gym by myself is get on the elliptical or the bike or whatever it is. And I'll say, okay, I'm going to go for 10 minutes and I'm going to go two minutes warm up and then two minutes moderate. And then I'm going to push it up for two more minutes. And then about two minutes in, I'm like, you know, I could probably just do eight minutes and it'd be all right. You know, I would do six minutes and it would be all right. And it just dwindles down into nothingness. So right. making sure you have that workout laid out for you in a way that has a purpose. Yep. That's a lot of people need that. Um, the next one is accountability. Ha, that too. That accountability. So not only accountability during the workout to hold you on pace, but also that accountability of showing up to class. If you get a good fitness program and your instructor knows you, then they're going to make sure and hold you accountable to make sure you are doing what you need to do to reach your goals. So if you're someone who's in the gym every single day and I don't see you for a couple days, I'm like, hey, where is that person? You're probably getting a text message. Or even if you're someone that comes three times a week and we've only seen you once in the last 10 days, expect a call or text. And that's, you know, it might be, hey, I've been sick. Oh, great. I hope you feel better. Or I've been on vacation. Cool. But if you're just being lazy, not getting in the gym, 
Some people really need that accountability. You need someone to reach out and say, hey, remember what our goals were. Let's go back to it. Let's reset. Get your butt back in the gym. And you know, a lot of times that works and people really, really are happy about that. And it's something they really need to reach their long-term goals. That's actually blown me away. One of the things, you know, about being a trainer and and giving people that kind of accountability is the response that you get. Because 99% of the time, someone that I reach out to is either A, grateful that I noticed that they were gone, and B, you know, the response is, oh, I've been out of town, I've been ill, whatever it is, and they want to let me know. And then very, 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 very rarely will someone be like, lay off. In fact, I don't think I've ever actually had someone say that to me. Right. Almost every time it's, thank you for getting in touch. I do need to get back in there. Here's what you can do to help me. Cause that's all we really want to do is how can we help you reach exactly. your goals? Yep. Um, another point that's really good about group fitness is it's cost effective. Now, if you've never done group fitness before, a little bit, sometimes it might be a little bit of a sticker shock. You know, sometimes gyms are in twofold or even more than your general large gym. So it can be a little bit of an extra expense. But what you're getting is such a cost-effective thing. You know, for in Santa Barbara, where we are, personal training is the average going rates eighty to one hundred dollars per session, right? That's for That's one like hour per hour, hundred eighty to one hundred dollars per hour. Um, and with a group fitness program, you're going to get ninety to ninety-five percent of what you're going to get one-on-one just by having that relationship with your coach and trainer for group fitness. So when you look at it, you know, our unlimited plans, they're extremely cost effective and you're not, if you're coming regularly, you're not really paying very much per class and you've got that personal interaction one-on-one. And to be honest, there's a lot of people that we work with that even like the group atmosphere with the personal touch of the coach better than personal training because they've got the group atmosphere. They've got the energy. They've got their friends there. It makes it more exciting. So I think it's definitely the most cost-effective way to go. There are certain circumstances where people might need personal training if they have a very specific or a very, very high goal. But for the vast majority of us, we don't need a personal trainer. What we need is a trainer who connects with us, that knows where we are, that knows how to push us in a group atmosphere. Definitely. And the other thing that's cost effective is it's time effective. It's cost effective in terms of what you're doing with your day, because as much as we would love to have many, many hours every day to work out and do whatever we want and take the 15 minute water break over, you know, at the gym when no one's holding you accountable, it's not going to work for most of us, right? We have lives, we have kids, we have families, we have jobs, we have stuff to do and, and things to get to. We have cats to feed, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, Taking one hour out of your day. Well, we don't all have cats to feed. Well, we'd all be better off if we did. <laughs> Taking that one hour out of your day and, and being able to know that you're getting in the best possible workout in that one hour is super, super time effective. Right. And what I tell people when they're coming in is what you're going to get in an hour at a Rise Up Fitness class is probably going to take you an hour and a half to two hours to, to accomplish on your own if you can even accomplish that on your own. So you're being very, very cost effective with your time. On top of that. So that's kind of what we do. And on top of that, it helps you kind of build and give time for not the, not only the other things in your life, but then when you do want to get outside, when you do want to go do those things, you've got that fitness to really build on that. Right. And then I would say the last thing that makes group fitness so special is the community, community that you yep. build up. And that's huge because having people around you who are like-minded and who are going to support you in that is so, so special and motivational because I think we've all had friends before where You know, even sometimes a significant other or someone where you say, okay, I'm going to get out of bed at at 5.30 and I'm going to go to my 5.45 a.m. class. They go, why don't you just sleep in? Come on. Like, why don't you just, or you're out to dinner and you're like, hey, I'm really trying to stay, you know, healthy right now. So I'm going to get a salad and I'm probably not going to drink tonight. Your friend goes, come on. Yeah. Like, don't do that. Like, why are you being lame? That's such a bummer, right? So when you surround yourself with these people who you know are going to support you the second you walk in the door 
and people who often and very often in our case that I've witnessed become your friends outside of the gym. It's a really, really wonderful way to support that healthy lifestyle. Totally. And this actually, I might say, might be the most important of all these things. Like you can't have a good fitness program without the rest. But this might be the important thing because what a community does is it changes a program or let's say like a one-month or a three-month or a six-month program into a lifestyle. Because if you can have all these things and the accountability and anybody can stick with it for you know four, six, eight weeks, but if you've got a community behind you, it changes it from being a fitness program to a lifestyle. And that's why I think that finding that community where it's your people, it's people that you surround you if they're going to make you successful, just as Addy was saying, is extremely, extremely important. So, yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So now that you know the group fitness is right for you, what are you going to look for in a group fitness program? Right. So we're telling you, told you group fitness is the best bet. This is it. So what do you do? So if you are, you know, in Santa Barbara or in another city or wherever it is, what do you need to look for on a regular basis? I'm going to in your group fitness program. Well, I think the first thing is, is someone that challenges or a group fitness program that challenges you in the right way to meet your goals. Okay. So this is going to be for the vast majority of people, um, their goals, they need a combination of cardiovascular training and strength or resistance training. Okay. This is going to work for the vast majority of people. Um, you know, there are people who have other set specific goals, but a program that touches on both of those is going to be probably what the vast majority is looking for. And you definitely want to have both of those things in your life because just doing one or the other, you do miss out on benefits that they both provide. Um, and that in its in and of itself could be an entire episode, and I'm sure that it will be. Um, but there are, are specific health benefits that come. And this is not even to, to train for something specific. If you are training for something specific, then you can go into even more detail. But just you know, working to live a healthy life and to gain the most benefit out of your workout for the different systems of your body, you need to have a combination of both of those exercises because they do different things for your systems. Right. So what's the next thing you need? Um, you need something that measures improvement or progression. Now, this is extremely, extremely important. Um, if you're working with some form of measurement, then you know you're making improvements. It, otherwise, in group fitness, sometimes it can be really hard to tell. Um, and this may come in the form of using more resistance or heavier weights, right? Okay, so I was doing that exercise a couple weeks ago. I was using 8-pound weights. Now I'm able to use 10 or 12-pound weights, right? Or this may come in the aspect of can you have a higher output or an, another way to put it is going faster, you know, easier way to understand it on a machine. Okay. So I am able to output a higher speed or a higher pace or a higher power on that machine than maybe I was a week or two ago. And this is totally good. A lot of group fitness programs, they just tell you, Hey, go hard, go easy, go hard, go easy. But, but let's those be, are going to feel totally, totally different, different based on, I mean, Monday's going hard is going to feel completely different from Friday's going hard. Exactly. And on, on that aspect as well, the first week you do a program, you might be pushing all out everything you got and your output or your speed may be very low. A month from then, if you've come regularly, you're going hard may feel the same. It may be your all out or hard, but you may have made huge improvements and you might not even know how many, how much improvements you made. Everyone loves improving. Everyone loves get, getting better and it really keeps you motivated. So having something where you can measure, I think is a really good thing. And remembering too that measurements are not, you know, I think sometimes we see them as sort of scary. Like for someone like me, my experience with fitness was not always positive. I never felt like I was good at it. And so being sort of graded in some way, you know, even having any sort of measurement of that progress, or in my opinion, what I was scared of was my lack of progress is, you know, that got in my head and I was like, I don't want that. I don't want that. 
But when you think about it, it's just like it's like starting a course in school on your first day in a class. Can you expect to be able to pass the final? No, that would be absurd, right? It would be a ridiculous thing for you to expect of yourself. So whatever you bring in when you walk in the door, don't think of that as being good or bad. It's not a judgment on your fast and so you're better or you're slow and so you're worse it's just where you are and where you can be right that's an important thing that we need to explain to our members at rise up fitness we have different levels okay so we start at a beginner and we go all the way up to experts so that we can challenge each one individually in a class and someone comes in they might say oh i'm only at the beginner level but if I sometimes i feel i'm below beginner i'm not even quite reaching those levels yet. right but if i looked at that person they're like hey i want to learn a new language right Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go to school Okay, well, would you go over to the community college over here and would you sign up for advanced Spanish if you don't know a lick of Spanish? No. no. You would sign up for the very intro well, beginner I mean, you course. Could, you but could. It probably but you'd wouldn't fail. benefit you no, very much. It wouldn't right? benefit you and you'd fail, right? So what you do <laughs> you is. You would fail. You, well, most people would fail on an advanced <laughs> Spanish course in their first thing. But the, the point of the matter is, is that what, what you'd want to do is you'd want to start in the beginner class. And, but that person who takes the beginner class and they pass. And then they get an intermediate class and they pass. They might not still be advanced, but they're excited. They're excited that they're making progress. Exactly. And the fitness is no different. So, And then going beyond that, um, I think that the next thing we need to look at um, in a group fitness program is does it has a purpose and a focus and does it change the stimulus, the training stimulus on a regular basis? I think this is a really important one. Mm-hmm. So for cardio, you can't just focus on, for example, all high intensity sprints or all long steady state cardio and hope to have your entire spectrum of fitness covered. Right. Um, and so many times, you know, you see in news cycles and whatever, like we finally discovered it, the key it's to fitness hit, hit intervals are going to do it or never mind. It's a, it's LSD. It's long, slow distance. Never mind. You know, it, they can't decide because there isn't one thing that you should be doing that will cover everything. No. And so, you know, this goes back to kind of what we do. So going back, you know, at rise up fitness, um, we train people on a lot of different stimuluses. So we have four main zones. Stimuli. Stimuli. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, English was never my strong point. <laughs> Advanced English. Advanced English. Kyle's definitely not in advanced English. Um, But we train in four main zones. Okay. Moderate, tempo, threshold, and all out. Now, this is not a new idea. Technically, that's Latin. Technically, that's Latin. This is not a new idea. Okay. So we do this. It seems to be a new idea in group fitness, but this is how athletes have trained for generations and generations and generations. Okay. So if you're a long distance runner. All the way back. All the way back. To our ancestors. I'm sorry. I'll stop. So if you look back, no matter what the endurance point is, if you look at swimming, if you look at running, if you look at cycling, they train at different intensities and different zones. And the crazy thing is, is even across, no matter what the quote unquote, you know, event you're training for is, you're still going to hit these different training zones. Okay. So if you're an 800 meter on runner on the track, for those of you who don't know, that's like two laps around the track. I didn't know. Thank you. Okay. 800 meters, two laps around a track. They're going to train in those four zones, a marathon runner who runs 26 miles a lot longer than a half a mile, roughly speaking. 26.2. The last point two is the worst part. <laughs> the last point two. They're going to train in those similar zones. Now, it may differ about how much they spend in each zones, but the different training stimulus affect and build a big spectrum of fitness. Okay, So you have to have that moderate, that low intensity thing to be beneficial. So an 800 meter runner will go on longer, slow runs. It may not be as long as a marathon runner, but they're going to do it. Okay. That tempo range is kind of that range of, okay, I'm working hard right now and I really have to kind of focus, 
But or as I'm, I say, the range where you want the person on the bike next to you to stop talking to you. That is. So that's kind of where you like kind of lose that focus of being able to talk. But it's something you should be able to hold for 15, 20 minutes if you're kind of super fit on there. Um, then going into the next one is that threshold. That's like, okay, I'm working hard now. I'm really pushing it. Okay. Maybe can hold for five minutes. And then that all out pace is just absolutely whatever you have. The longest you could probably hold that is for a minute. So and actually it's surprising how challenging it is to let you, it's, it's this like sense of release when you get to all out where you really are just pushing it all out there. Right. And the idea with that too, I think that we see with hit training a lot is you can't do all out very often. It's no. not something that you can, you know, be doing four or five days in a row and feel really good. Right. You know what I mean? No, totally. So they're each going to, each of those, um, intensities that just explains, um, has a different physiological response to your system. So if you're missing any of those zones, you're not going to have a good spectrum of fitness. So if you're looking at your group fitness program, make sure they're hitting all those zones and they're hitting different things. I think that's really, really important to do is that do they, you know, do, do they hit that whole range? And it really is nuts that this is something that it's been around for so long in so many other sports and it's just now kind of making its way over to group fitness as a way to train just for existing in a healthy way in the world. Yeah. So if you're doing a group fitness program that's only does 30 seconds and that's the longest interval you ever do, it may be time to change up that stimulus. And I think lastly, thinking about um, your strength and resistance in your group fitness, it needs to have a specific focus on the specific day. Okay. Now there's two main things that we can talk about. One is that what parts of the body are we hitting, right? So mm-hmm. it might be a yeah, focus so on arms. Right. So you don't want to hit your arms like five days in a right. row and that would just, just crushed and they haven't even recovered. That would be silly. Just like we change up the stimulus on different days um, for the cardio intervals, we change up stimulus on this. So it might be an arms focus day, a legs focus day. Sometimes we'll do a core focus day or even a full body day, depending on what the specific target of that day is. And then the other thing we can look at is the amount of reps you do and the weights. Okay. So you don't want to always pick up low rates and do high reps, right? A lower mm-hmm. weight, higher rep. You don't always want to pick up heavy, heavy rates, weights. relatively mm-hmm. speaking to what you're comfortable with, obviously, but yeah. you don't always want to pick up heavy weights and do low reps. So if you want to get a stimulus of one to build muscle and two to tone, you need to vary what you do on different days. Right. So, And because some of that resistance training and the strength training has a lot, um, the weight bearing training has a lot to do with how your muscles and your bones actually interact as well. So when you do cardiovascular training, it's much more your circulatory system. It's your cardiovascular system. It's your lungs. It's your heart. Um, it's the way your blood is moving through your body. It expands your capillaries. It does all these wonderful things. Um, strength training is going to be working primarily with your muscles, but those muscles interact very much with our bones too. And this is something that people also are concerned as they're moving through life as they want to make sure every single part of their body is healthy. So, you know, it goes much further than you just think about like, oh, I want my biceps to look good. Like it goes all the way down into the way that your bones are holding up at a, um, all the way down into cell level actually. So absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I go in this too. Is, Love bones. Yeah. So, um, the last thing we want to look for is this. So let's say we have a purpose and we have a focus. So, you know, you have this, what's the other thing you look going? Well, we're coming back to a great community and fun. Okay. You have to have yeah, this. You need to have yeah. fun. You got to have fun, right? Um, it starts with your trainer. You know, it should be someone who knows you, knows your name, knows your ability and knows how to motivate you. If you don't have that, you're really missing a key component. And then you also need people who are going to be fun and like-minded in class. So that might not be something that happens that your first day, right? You might not know anyone in class when you first come, but you'll be able to see when you come in that room, people are talking to each other not, hopefully not during class. Otherwise they're not working hard enough, but people are engaged, right? You see yeah. people 
working together and they're all here and they're all working hard and you want to see that you don't want to come to a class necessarily where people seem disinterested or they don't seem like they're excited or they're not engaging with the trainer you know and i know for someone who's kind of new to it the group um fitness atmosphere is it is very intimidating when you walk in i've been doing this for years it's terrifying i've it's the worst it is i can i consider myself fairly fit i could walk into any group fitness program i know i'm bragging here but i could walk into any group fitness program and know i'm going to do okay brag maybe not maybe not a dance here but but even myself when i walk into a gym to take a class for the first time i have a little bit of you know anxiety it's a little thing it's a little bit scary trainers they're just like you they're just like you um but what i like to do (laughs) is just to break the ice a little bit is to introduce myself and you will be shocked at how open and extending the fitness community is if you know if you walk out you know we try to do this and you know try to engage people in their first class their trainers but if you got to say hey my name's so and so and you know, I'm, you know, it's my first class or whatever else it is. What's your name? It just opens the door. And this is kind of something that builds that community. Oh, no, I'm thinking of a frozen song. Oh, geez. Addie. Sorry. No musicals on this podcast. All right. Moving. Don't say that. Never say never. Oh man. Oh, that's Justin Bieber. Um, all right, moving on. So what are the biggest downfalls that we see with people sometimes who do group fitness? How can you fall? You found this great place or you haven't found a great place. What are the traps you're going to fall into? Yeah. Well, I think the number one is doing a group fitness program that doesn't align with your goals. Okay. So like a very good example of someone we might see come in the gym would be, you know what? I want to lose weight. Um, I want to feel better about myself. And on the weekends, I like to bike and hike and spend more time with my kids. Right. So mm-hmm. that's a very common, you know, iteration of what we hear very often. And Sounds you'll like see a great someone, life. right. And you'll see someone in that who that's their goal. And all of a sudden you see them in a powerlifting gym, or you might see them in a CrossFit type of gym. Now, I don't have lots anything against lots of strength. Lots yeah. of strength. I don't have anything against powerlifting. I don't have anything against CrossFit. I think they're great programs. I think they have good communities. And if that's something that you're into is really lifting heavy weights and seeing how far you can push your body, I'm never going to tell you it's a bad thing. But for someone who wants to lose weight and build confidence and play outside with their kids and grandkids and bike and, and hike yeah, on the both weekends. Hiking and biking are very it doesn't, right. it doesn't align with your goals. And so that's where I'm going to say is doing that cardiovascular mix with that functional strength is really what's going to take you, you know, to where you want to be in life. So really assess, is this program helping me reach what my goals are? And that doesn't mean it can't fit in as part of your lifestyle, but if that's the only thing that you're doing and you're finding, well, geez, I'm having a really hard time on my hikes or, you know, I'm, I'm just not doing as well as I want to on the bike. That would be a time to consider, right. okay, is this really giving me the most benefit, right. the most bang for my buck here? And then another thing we see, a uh, downfall that we see with people is kind of jumping around haphazardly from one class to another or one program to another. Um, now, let's be specific here. That does not mean that you shouldn't be maybe doing some group fitness at circuit training, some yoga, some Pilates. That's not to say you can't do different types of group fitness. Mm-hmm. But that's to say is that you don't stick with anything for a long period of time. You may jump into one program for a few weeks, and then you may jump into another program. Right. It's kind of like we as humans we're sort of naturally impatient and we really want to know what's going to work, right? That's why you see, like I said, you know, every news article is shouting from the top, this is it, we found it, the magic pill, yada, yada. And um, people really want that to happen. And I think sometimes, especially sometimes your motivation could almost work against you because you go really hardcore into something for like two weeks or a month and then you stop and you're like, why isn't anything happening? Right. You know, and you have to be patient. You have to be consistent to see actual results. Yeah. We can't forget that. It's not, you know, you didn't get out of shape in one month and you didn't get in shape in one month. That's what I like to tell people. Like you're going to gain some fitness in a month. Don't get me wrong, but you're not going to necessarily be to your ultimate goal in one month. So you're not going to run an Ironman. No, you're not going to run an Ironman. Give the program that you're in some time 
to settle in, you know, and even on the flip side of that, let's say you're at a point you really like, and you've done well, and you're like, I'm happy with my fitness. I'm happy with how I look. I like this right now, but you've been jumping around to all these other programs. You don't necessarily know which program is the one that gave you the best results. So stick with something for a little while, give it some time, set up goals. And if, yeah. And if you don't, if you're not reaching those goals, then, then that's when you time to move on. Um, and another thing I see, we see consistently is people that do quote unquote, the same workout every day. Okay. So that's when you stop seeing. That's when you stop seeing reduce. Yes. You're not stressing your body in a new way. And what does that mean? Well, that could mean, I hear this a lot. Hey, I go to the gym. I do 15 minutes on the treadmill. I pick up weights. I do curls, press and, you know, squats and deadlifts. Um, and then I cool down in the sauna and they do the same workout routine cool every day. Cool down in the sauna? Whatever. I, I finish in the sauna. So heat up, cool down. So I hear that a lot and they feel really good about they're doing exercise routine. Now that's good. That's much, much better than not doing anything, but you really have to stimulate your body in new ways if you want to see improvement. So you need to be consistently changing the intensities that you're going, like we talked about earlier and the exercise you're doing and what that stimulus is. Now another, yeah, yeah, you need to have different, so the whole way that your body learns how to change is because you stress it in new ways and it has to respond to those new stresses. If you're giving it the same stresses every day, it doesn't have anything to adapt to. It has no reason to change. Or if you're seeing a group fitness program that basically does the same workout every day in a new format, that can be it. That's where we go back talking about the, I only do long steady state, right? I only do long endurance. Mm -hmm. That's all my group fitness program does. Or, hey, I only do short, hard intensities. Or I don't really do any cardio. I just do body weight exercises. You know, those are things that if you repeat that over time, you're going to stop seeing gains and stop seeing results. Right. So that pretty much brings us to the end of our prepared presentation. Yeah. So I think that we kind of went through that. So hopefully that made a lot of sense, you know, and just I'm going to run through them steps one more time and then we'll take some listener questions just so you get it. So first of all, you know, ask yourself the question, why am I joining a fitness program? Right. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. hopefully we answered that for you. What's the next step? You know, try something new, figure something out, do something. start of something new. The next step. It's a great song. It's a great song. Yep. What are your goals and what is your purpose? Make sure you state those specifically. Um, and then jump into group fitness. Find a program that works and jump into group fitness. And if you, as long as you kind of don't hit those, any of those downfalls that we speak about, spoke about, excuse we me, speak about, about, we did spoke about, about them. <laughs> English, not my strong point. Spoke about, um, we, you hopefully you'll see some results. So let's launch into some questions. Addie, why don't you uh, go ahead and ask the first question here? Sure. So we actually had a great question from Jason. Um, and this is something that is actually, I think I've had a lot of people ask this question too over time because people who've been with us or have known um, the three of us in some capacity for many years. Um, he says with the same four stations, so at Rise Up Fitness, we have four cardio stations along with a whole bunch of different um, strength apparatus. But with the same four stations and mostly the same people, how do you stay fresh and effective as a trainer? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And for myself, I, we like to vary up the workout a lot, but to be honest, what's fresh and new for me every day is seeing me, seeing people make progress. It doesn't really matter to me. We could do the same workout. I, again, that's not the right thing to do, but we could do the same type of workout, the same workouts week after week, month after month, day after day. And they would seem very new to me in a sense that I love seeing people improve. So I, what motivates me the most is when I see someone who comes in the gym, they're going to be a totally different person at month at week two than they were the first day at one month than they were at, you know, the first week or whatever it is. And so seeing them progress, I don't get bored. I love that. And it's little, the nuances and knowing the people and learning how to push them that really excites me and keeps me motivated as a trainer. Right. So it is, you know, we say like, he says the same four stations and mostly the same people. And 
the truth is that people, even if they are the same people who come in the door, their lives are changing just like yours are. And all the time I'm experiencing new things that allow me to experience fitness and relate to people on a new level. So that that's happening. I know those changes are happening in my life. And at the same time, those changes are happening to everybody who comes into the gym. So, you know, now at this point, even just having been a trainer for a couple of years, I've seen people go through having babies and coming back to fitness and having more babies. You know, I've seen people go through injuries and experience injuries. I've seen people come from, you know, being a total non-exerciser to someone who is kicking butt in the gym. There are constant changes people are going through. When it comes to the day-to-day, because that's, you know, sort of a broad structure thing. When it comes to the day-to-day, just being engaged with people and checking in on them and seeing how they're feeling, it's a new challenge every single day. Yep. It doesn't, it doesn't get old. Yep. And then and you I, had another question, which was really interesting too. Yeah. And this is totally a fair question. Is do, um, when trainers take a class with other people, do they feel that they have to outwork everyone else? So I, you know, it's a very yes. good question. Yes, we do. Um, I think there's added pressure on us. It doesn't mean that we necessarily always have to be the fastest or the best in the class. But when I step into a group class, and I'd rather do that. I feel the pressure of bringing my best effort and my of the day to the table and showing people what it is we do. I don't ever slack off in a group class. Now, does that mean if the guy next to me beats me, I'm going to be upset? Not necessarily. But well. if I haven't done my best, yeah, what a little bit. So I think that there's a standard there. It's not that I necessarily am thinking about taking off every taking out everyone, but I'm an example when I'm in class. I I practice what I preach. So when I'm trying to get the most out of you in class and I step foot into a class, I want to get the most out of that hour for myself. And so, you know, you'll see myself, Addie, Emily, you'll see us finishing class and we look like we're just almost died because we're really pushing ourselves. And people don't understand that it's not easy for trainers. You know, we may you may be slightly higher on the numbers than the general um, you know, person that takes class. But we're working just as hard as you as you guys, and that's why we see results. Trainers, they're just like us. Trainers, they're just no. Like us. But it is it's um, it's an interesting thing in my mind specifically. I will say because again, I don't I don't come from a fitness background where I felt like I was the best. In fact, so I grew up um, doing ballet dance, classical ballet, and I still love classical ballet more than anything on the planet. I'm about six to eight inches too tall to be a classical ballerina and I have terrible feet among several other things that never really kind of let me get to that top level. And it's a very competitive thing. Um, but I always loved it, but I always kind of had my head, okay, like you love it, but you're not good at it and that's okay. And group fitness really changed my understanding of what I could do and what I could be. Um, so now even being in this position where I've been trusted to train other people to do that kind of puts me at a level in my mind where it is something again, yeah, where I need to practice what I preach here. If I'm going to be someone that's going to try and honestly lead you through this every day and keep you motivated when I'm doing it, I need to do my best. Now, again, for me in particular, that's almost never going to mean that I am the strongest person in the class every single time. But that does mean that when I come to class, I have a purpose and I'm doing, I'm trying to fulfill that purpose. So, you know, it may be sometimes that that purpose is, um, trying to be a little steadier, but you know, right. it's, yeah. yeah, I mean, you do. It's a good motivation though. It's a great motivation. Yeah. Um, so moving on, John, um, had a question and he said, how does one decide on the mixture of scheduling cardio versus strength and endurance versus spring workouts? Now we did touch on this a bit, so I'm not going to go into too much depth, but I did want to hit on it just briefly since he had that question. And like, um, you know, referring to that is, is what we said before is basically is you need to have a spectrum. Okay. So you, how do you schedule that? Well, 
in a, what we talk about a week-long period is kind of periodization is what we do. We want to hit everything. We want to make sure you get short, hard sprints. We want to make sure you get a little bit of that more of threshold or tempo in that middle version. And you're going to get some of the steadier stuff. And you need all those every week. Same thing in the week. We need to make sure that we hit different muscle groups. We hit arms. We hit legs. We hit full body. And we hit core. So it's not that you're going to see the same thing every week, but if you come regularly, you are going to get a good mix of all that every single week. So what we look is we look at week blocks, and in that week, we schedule to make sure we hit everything. So we're not expecting you to come every day, but even if you're someone who comes two or three days a week, you're going to get a mix of that. So how do we schedule that? We work on a weekly basis. We make sure we target all those areas, and we don't you know, double or triple up on any of them. And that is how we our members get a really well Um, rounded and balanced fitness. Definitely. So um, we have just a couple more questions we'll try and get through here. Yeah, a couple more minutes here. Um, So Lisa had a great question, and this is something um, she's looking for some expert advice. So I will definitely be happy to give my opinion and then say if there are any... Well, once you read the question, then I can address it. Um, So she said, I'd really be interested in some expert advice um, about what's heart healthy for cardio workouts. So heart healthy being specific to what, what is actually going to be okay for your heart and good for your heart and what could be damaging. So she says, how do you know for sure if you're underworking or overworking? Um, should you be building cardio strength? What are signs you could be overdoing it? Right. She also uh, mentioned to me that, you know, she'd be interested in talking to a cardiologist. So we're going to do guests in the future. So I love that idea, Lisa. You know, we'll try to line up and get a doctor. Mm -hmm. So what we're giving here, we just want to, you know, obviously we're not physicians, we're not medical professionals, but we can kind of give you a sense from our experience. So I, I like the question. It's great. So looking at the research and the research that I've seen and I've done um, with what we're doing here, there's a couple things that we need to look at, okay? So first of all, the person that's at the highest risk of having cardiovascular disease or something like that is the non-exerciser. So regardless of whether you do crazy amounts of exercise or moderate exercise, you're always better off exercising than not. Okay. So then we look at that. Now they all have done studies where they look at someone who exercises regularly or what they call like an endurance or excessive exerciser. Okay. Excessive. Excessive. So I've been there in my life. I've, you know, done Ironman. You're an excessive exerciser. I am not at the moment. I don't feel I am, but I have been at those points during my training. Absolutely. I am. So there's some research to show that cardiovascular exercise when done in excess can be damaging to your heart. Okay. So that is now what are the guidelines of that? Well, when they do that, they're looking at people who train about, they're looking at runners and cyclists more than an hour a day, specifically at average of two to three hours per day for months, for most months and weeks out of an entire year and for years and years and years on end. Okay. So is there a limit where you can get over that? Absolutely. Okay. So that's the first thing to keep in mind is that there can be times when you exercise too much and it could maybe not necessarily be good for your heart. But now what we have to take a step back and do is, okay, what do we recommend at Rise Up Fitness? What I recommend to people is to build up to doing five to six days a week, six hours of cardiovascular and strength training per week. Okay. And that's total. So versus that's someone total. who's doing like 25, right. like 20 to 25 hours a week. So even if you're doing one hard workout every single day, five to six days a week, there's not a lot of research to show that that any doing any of that is going to be damaging to your heart. In and of itself. Barring In and of itself. what could be going on with you specifically medically. Correct. The recommendations from the American Heart Association is to a, at least 150 minutes of working out per week. That's two and a half hours. And that's kind of the bare minimum of what we say. 
Now going up to, there's not a lot of research to show that doing up to seven hours of working out a week is going to have negative side effects. Okay. Once you get over seven hours, I think that after you get over that 10 to 12 hours a week, you start to go the other direction. It starts to become potentially upping your risk of having, you know, cardiovascular or heart problems. Okay. So that's over that 12 hours a week. Most people are not even there. Okay. But then with that being said is those persons over 12 hours a week, even if they're doing 16 to 20 hours a week, like I've done in the past for Ironman training, they're still a lot more healthy, a lot lower risk of heart disease than someone who doesn't exercise. Okay. Right. So yeah. definitely that's, that's the general. And of course, if you're concerned, by all means, talk to talk to your doctor, talk to a yeah. professional, and that's what it is. But for those of you who work out about an hour a day, I think you're totally fine. You're doing a benefit to yourself, and you're not overdoing it. You're not going to have that. And you know, looking at professional athletes and stuff, you know, if this were a big problem, we wouldn't have cross country. We wouldn't have our kids doing cross country. Right. You know, we wouldn't. We if there was a really risk of heart, country. no, you'd see. They said you had to run, so right, I was like, right. no. You'd see a lot of Olympic athletes pass over and die, have heart problems. We don't see that, you know, for endurance, that type of thing. So don't worry too much about it. Group fitness, an hour a day. I think you're pretty much set. All right. Let's do this last one real quick just to end it on it because I think it's a great um, positive note to end on. So if you're passionate um, in another activity, for instance, like group fitness is not, you don't love circuit training. You could be, you know, dance, surfing, golf, whatever it is. Why is group fitness good for you? Okay, I think that's a great question because we have a lot of people that come from that. Addie did not come from a group fitness or even a fitness background. She came from, well, dance is fitness, but you came from a dance background. Uh, It's a very different focus. It's an art. Sorry. I thought I was doing well by calling it a fitness, but yeah, art. Okay. Well, we'll see when you get in ballet class. Let's just take say it takes a lot of strength and fitness to be a good dancer. Let's just put it at that. But the idea is it's so hard is that you need to do benefits of things outside what you're doing to be stronger. Now, for yourself, Addie, when you were a dancer and you were only dancing, when you joined group fitness and you started doing that and you started to improve your cardiovascular fitness and your strength, did you find improvements in your dance? When I went back to dance to classical ballet after four-ish years of not doing it, I w- can say I'm a better dancer now than I was when I was doing it six days a week for like two to three hours a day of right. class and rehearsal. And we it see was this, crazy. We I see couldn't this, believe it when yeah. I did it. It's pretty cool. And we see this all the time. We have a a member who was an ex-professional golfer and now he golfs in master's tournaments. And he says, I'm better now than I was in high school, in college, or as a professional golfer, I'm playing a better game because my fitness is better. So I love hearing those things. We have a lot of surfers that are in the gym and they Mm -hmm. say, you know what? It's awesome. Like I surfed all the time, but now when those waves are good, I can stay out three, four hours. My buddies are sitting on the beach and I'm getting all the waves because I've fitness. So I think that especially for someone who's time crunch, which is the vast majority of us, let's say, you know, I don't have a lot of time, family, friends, or whatever it is, do those group fitness classes during the week. You get the best bang for your buck. That allows you to go out, do those other activities and be better at them and go out and play and have fun and enjoy this amazing Santa Barbara weather community, the great outdoors, everything we have around us. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, And it's, I mean, not even to like mention if your thing is reading, like fitness is also good for your brain. So just keep that in mind. We'll talk about it another time. Sounds good. Well, um, I think we're going to wrap it up here. So keep it about 45 minutes. So I think that was good. Casual. 10 Casual. minutes over what we planned, but we it's love okay. to talk to you guys. We do. And uh, we hope you benefited from this. Um, you can, if you're listening on our website, um, we now are available on a lot of different mediums. So you can get us on Google Podcasts. You can also hear us on Stitcher, Spotify, a few other ones. Um, I don't know. We're not. We're official. We're official. So if uh, you don't want to listen to us on our website, which is a really easy way to go, go download us, put us in your podcast stream, and we'll be have a lot more coming at you in the following weeks and months. All right. Thank you so much. Thank Have you a for great joining us. Day. Yeah. Bye.